Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Have you ever had somebody come to you and tell you a story about somebody else and you believe them? Didn't go to the other person to find out. You became so angry at what they had to say. You said, I don't need to go talk to that person. The Bible says you're foolish for doing that. The wisdom of a person who's born again knows the word of God is to go and settle a situation, find out the other side before you make a decision. Oh, the wisdom that comes from the book of Proverbs. That's where we're going. Let's go to the word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Glad to have you today. I call this Student of the Word for a reason. That's because that's what you are. I'm the teacher, you're the student, and we've come today to learn the Word of God. And listen, from the moment you get born again, you get born again by preaching, but you grow up by teaching. And uh, preaching is how you get the gospel to people. But after that, you go and teach them what Jesus told us to say. That's the two parts of the Great Commission. So I'm fulfilling the Great Commission today by teaching you the word of God because God not only wants you saved, he wants you to become a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have a praise report that came to us and this came to us from a man named Andrew through YouTube. And it says here, thank you, Pastor Bob, for your expository teaching. And that's what I do. This is exposition. I simply take it, break it down, help you to understand it, take segments and pieces of a verse. And my main thing is to let the word of God speak for itself. I think sometimes we read over something, but it takes a minister or a pastor or somebody to say, did you see that? And you look at it and go, it was there the whole time. How come I didn't see it? Well, that's where we need help from those that are called into the ministry of pastors and teachers, those who help to open up the word of God and show it to us. And this is why, again, I'm called in the ministry. And so you know why though? Because it was for me. I mean, when I heard ministers who opened up the word of God, I used to go, oh my goodness, how did I miss that? It was right there in front. And yet I would read over something, but not actually stop and look at the words individually and break it down. Today, we're gonna to be taking up some passages from the book of Proverbs. In fact, you can turn with me to Proverbs chapter 16. We're gonna take a look at verse 20. And uh, the book of Proverbs is what I'm offering today at uh, when we come up to the intermission halftime, we'll talk about this particular book and how you can have a copy of it. It's my book on the book of Proverbs. It's not the entire book, but I broke the book down into sections. And the sections, some of them have to do with marriage. Some of them have to teach with, uh, you know, teaching your children about marriage, sexual relations you're brought up in there, uh, putting the word of God first in your life. I was at a meeting one time years and years ago. There was a there was an older man there that was teaching a class in this le in these lessons. He was from another city, but what he said I thought was important. He said there was a man in our church that decided he wanted to go into business and failed three times, went bankrupt three times. He said he was rather discouraged, and so he said he came to talk to him as his pastor said. I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to be in business, but I, I feel like I don't even know what I'm doing. And he said, Pastor, do you have any books for me? And of course, what the man meant was, do you have any uh, business books, maybe written by Christians with a Christian insight? And he said, I'm gonna tell you what I want you to do. So I want you to read a chapter of Proverbs every day. He said, and that way in a month, you'll get through it, but I want you to keep on doing that every day. He said, just keep reading a chapter a day, a chapter a day, read it, stop, think about it. And he said, the man said, what was interesting was he said, I went in and said, okay, I'll do it. He said, it was interesting that by the time I went through the whole book of Proverbs and came back to it again, 
after a month, I got through the whole book and started chapter one. He said, I saw a verse. I said, did I read that before? I don't even remember that verse. He said, all of a sudden the book began to make sense to him. And the pastor said to this group of people, he said, today he has one of the three most successful businesses in the city. And he said, I base it on the fact he read the book of Proverbs. This is what Proverbs will do for you in your daily life. It is just so simple, divine wisdom for every area of life. And so again, it's mentioned the importance of your wife, honesty, being faithful, dedicated to the things of God, uh, the need of walking in love, even if you're taken advantage of, just shake that off and go on your way. Quit trying to get even with everybody and God will bless you for it. So these are just things found in the book of Proverbs. That's what's being offered to you. And I want you at halftime to just, you know, write it down and then uh, go and get that book for yourself and you'll be blessed by it. Let's talk about Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 20. Today, I wanna talk to you about the importance of investigating a matter and then having patience in a matter for the will of God to be shown you and not to run off you know, with some issue and, and not even think about it, but jump into it with all your emotion rather than waiting on the will of God. Proverbs 16 verse 20 says this, he who handles a matter wisely will find good and whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. Wise handling of a matter gains as many facts as possible before making a decision. And then usually after gaining all the facts goes into prayer. And facts are important. That's part of knowledge. There's three parts to the book of Proverbs. There's knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Knowledge is the collecting of the facts. Understanding is the arranging of the facts. Then, of course, wisdom is the application of those facts. And that's what the Lord is talking about here. Wise handling of a matter gains as many facts as possible, prays over them, arranges them, and then steps out in wisdom so that it will all make sense and come to pass in your life. So I like to think of this way, between the actual learning and the actual doing is this area where again, the facts start to come and you put them in order with each other. This is meditating in the word of God. Once you read a verse of scripture to pray over it, meditate on it, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit starts to arrange it, put it in, and once you get the understanding of it, now step out in it. Wise handling of a matter gains as many facts as possible, then trusts the Lord to find the truth and to exercise wisdom. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse two says this, it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. We, unlike God, are not omniscient or all-knowing. Notice what that verse says again, Proverbs 25 two. Maybe you didn't have time to find it, but look at it. It's the glory of God to conceal something, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Well, if it's the glory of God to conceal a thing, then shouldn't I conceal a thing? No, that's not what it means. The reason why God can conceal something is because he knows everything. He knows every thought. He knows every intent. He knows every purpose. He knows why a person did it. He knows the story behind the story. And you don't. Why? Because you're not God. So it says with God, he can look at something and it's to his glory that he'll conceal something and not hurt someone in a particular case. But the honor of a king is to search out a matter. Don't just dismiss it. On the other side, don't jump randomly to a decision and emotionally make a choice. No, the honor of a king is to search out a matter. So we, unlike God are not omniscient. We, unlike God, are not omniscient. 
He is the only one that's all-knowing. God not only knows what's going on, but also what the end of the situation is going to be. God knows the end from the very beginning. He knows how this thing's going to end from the very start. God knows the heart of every individual involved. He knows their motives. He knows their intents. He knows what to conceal, and he also knows what's to reveal. But we don't know these things. We have an expression for hearing only part of a problem and then making a decision based on partial understanding. We call it running off half cocked. A revolver is most dangerous when it's cocked and left that way, a loaded revolver. When it's cocked and ready to be shoot, you know, and then again, you just leave it there. Why? Because it can easily or even accidentally go off and hurt someone. So is a person who hears one side of an issue. He believes the person without hearing the other side then runs off in anger to defend them. And this person is poised to hurt himself, but also to hurt others. And so I listen, This what I'm speaking here is not just only true for those who are involved in ministry and counseling in a church. It's true for any why. Because why? There's gonna be friends of yours come to you and tell you a problem. And because they're your friend, you believe them without checking out the other side. Don't do that. It may sound, you say, well, this is my friend, they're telling me, and oftentimes we will go into a situation believing one side of an issue, and it's not right to believe only one side of an issue. We are to get the other side, and that's why it simply says that it's the wisdom of a king to search out a matter. Even if you know one of the people involved, go find out the other side. Even if they're your friend, they may have a wrong perception of what's going on. There was a lady that came to our church, and she and her husband didn't attend. But she came to me one time in the aisle and talked to me. She says, would you talk to me for a while? She said, you know, I, I need to tell, you know, just something. So I said, well, just sit here for a moment. So we sat there on a, you know, in one of the chairs in the church and she began to tell about her husband. And by the time she was through, she probably talked about 10 minutes. I was so angry at him. She talked about him in the, I mean, that he didn't care for her, didn't hurt. That's why he didn't come to church. And she went on and on and on and on. And she was saying, I, th- I think I need to, you know, get a divorce from him. That's all I can think of. And she went all these things. And so I said, well, listen, why don't you both come to see me? She said, well, don't you believe me? And I said, yes, yes, I do. I know you, but I don't know your husband. Let's see what happens when he comes in. And she didn't want to do that. And I didn't know if she was going to get him, but she did. And she got her husband. He said, yeah, I'll go talk to him. So they both came in to see me. When I heard the other side of the thing, I thought, oh my goodness, this guy, you know, at least he has he has a point and he does understand. She And there was times he that I'd said, well, now she said this about you. And he said, no. And he would talk and he'd look at her and said, did you say that? She said, well, yeah, I know. I didn't tell him the full thing. And I thought, oh my goodness, she didn't tell me the whole thing. I'm glad I had both of them in there. And by the time they left, they began to see how they can work this thing out. And he began to attend the church after that. What a great story. But the point came back to it. I was tempted to run off half cocked when I heard her side of it, not even expecting to have to see his side of the issue. But when they came in both together, oh, it all seemed to come together and great wisdom came out of that. That's what the verse of scripture was talking about. That's what we mean in that verse of scripture when it tells us there, again, it's the glory of God to conceal a thing because he knows both sides of every issue, but the honor of a king is to search out a matter. We are all human beings. And because we're all human beings, even if it's a king over an entire nation, or if it's a Sunday school teacher over a small group of people, over it's a mom over the son and daughter, or you've got some friends that are having problems and they come and confide in you. It's simply saying, I don't care who they are. Find out the other side of the matter. 
for what we're bringing up in these verses of Scripture, again, it's going to be found in the book of Proverbs that I have for you. And the, again, the announcer is going to come and tell you. But again, I want you to get this because there's, this is such down-to-earth, common reality and common answers to problems we face every day. And these are things you're going to face. And your, your children come home and tell you what their teacher said, and you're going to immediately jump on what your children said and not go talk to the teacher. Again, we have this in daily life, and even your children can be this way. The importance from the book of Proverbs is that. And what I want to say to you too is I'm bringing this broadcast. I'm getting ready to come back here uh, after the break and talk to you about the rest of what I'm teaching today. But for those of you watching today, maybe you're watching for the first time today. Thanks for joining us. And uh, maybe you just kind of stumbled across this broadcast. One lady told me, she said, I was just going through changing channels. And there you were. She said, I started to go past you, but you said something interesting. She said, I watched the whole thing. Then I started watching you on YouTube. And now she's become a partner with us in the ministry. Thank you. But of course, there's others like that too. I simply want to say for those of you watching today for the first time, welcome. For those of you who have been watching for 10 or 12 times, thank you also. But for those of you who are partners, I really appreciate it. I would like to have more of you as partners. I've said this before, but you want to say again, many of you already know you're supposed to be a partner. You just haven't acted on it. The Spirit of God has spoken to you, or you've even purposed in your heart, I'm going to give to his ministry, but you haven't done it yet. Would you? We would appreciate the income, but most of all, we appreciate your partnership, joining together in your heart. Money is not what I'm looking for only. That money represents the fact that we have a connection in the heart with each other. That's where the power comes from. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Your finances are only the outward proof of that connection we have on the inside. So would you become a partner with us? When you go to the website, bobyandian.com, there is a place on there where you can become a partner. I'd love for you to do that. Join us here with a great group of partners, and I'll see you right after the break. Many Christians are quick to confess all that they are, all that they have, and all they can do. They appear to overflow in knowledge of righteousness, healing, authority, and many other spiritual truths. Yet for all this spiritual knowledge, many of these same people are foolish and unlearned when it comes to the practical things of Christian life. As James said, my brethren, these things ought not be so. The book of Proverbs is a prime source of the wisdom we need for daily existence, and a close study of it is well worth our time and attention. In Proverbs Wisdom for Today, Bobby Andian discusses what wisdom is, its benefits, how to find it, where it comes from, and how to receive it in order to help you live a life of wisdom. To order Proverbs Wisdom for Today, visit our website at bobbyendian.com. The purpose of God's heart for giving is to be a guidebook to scriptural giving, returning believers to the highest reason for godly prosperity, giving to the work of the local church and to the great commission of winning souls. When we give with the right motive, our personal prosperity is a return on giving out of love for God and a love for people. When we give our temporary money into an offering, it will produce eternal results in the lives of others. God's heart for giving is made up of 52 short outlines that make up a thought, not a sermon. These giving inspirations can be divided into more individual thoughts or can be made into a full teaching for a later sermon or series on giving. To order God's Heart for Giving, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. 
You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 13. I'm going to continue on with this about being uh, not quick to jump on something, but being slow. That's brought up in the New Testament, be slow to anger and not quick to make a decision. But again, in Proverbs 18, 13, we have the same thing mentioned here about listening, opening yourself up to God and then making a decision. In Proverbs 18, 13, it says this, he who answers a matter, that means you decide and you make a conclusion before he hears. The word means to investigate it. It will be folly and a shame to him. Let's put it all together. He who answers a matter, decides and then makes a conclusion before he investigates it, it will be folly and a shame to him. It's very difficult in counseling to hear one side of an issue, either about a marriage or a family problem or financial problems. Again, I told you the story about what happened, but this has happened so often in other cases where I was so tempted because I knew the person, didn't know the other person, was simply to jump into this thing and make a quick decision. And in those cases, you're always gonna get hurt. Why? Because there's always two sides to a situation. I'm glad I didn't run off and half cocked make, uh, made that choice that day. But there have been times I have done that. I have actually ran and talked to somebody and didn't even give them a chance, didn't even ask them. I just started accusing them. They went, wait, 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 what are you talking about? Well, so-and-so said this. And their whole thing was, but I didn't do that. Yeah, but so-and-so said, I don't care what they said. That's not what happened. And then they explained what happened. And all of a sudden I can see it. I had one pastor do that to me. Went on and on and on and on about his congregation, how bad they were and how bad his uh, church board was. And I believed him. And I was like this. And one day I was talking to one of the people who used to be on his board and I met mention this particular thing. He says, no, that's not the way it happened. And he explained what happened. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm glad I didn't run off spreading bad stuff about the church. But here I had a chance to talk to one of the board members and he just explained what happened. And many of the things he said, I remembered. I thought, well, yeah, that did happen. And yeah, that did happen. He said, that was the real root of the issue. And what happened was the pastor just couldn't get past the fact he couldn't get his way. And what the board was trying to bring up was something he needed to absolutely think about. And again, I think the pastor made the wrong decision in those cases. But looking back on it, I'm glad I didn't run off half cock believing this guy. You're always going to end up looking good and offering real help to a person when you hear a matter out, pray over it, and then make the decision. Proverbs 16, 20, he who handles a matter wisely will find good. A quick conclusion can lead to an offense. There's three types of offenses mentioned in the word of God, and I wanna bring them out. They're not called this, but you can find them in the word of God, and these are the types of offenses we can have. An offense usually comes, and really an offense takes a small issue and makes a big issue out of it. It takes a molehill and makes a mountain out of it when it wasn't that in the first place. When you finally get through, you find out how that you took something small and blew it out of proportion. There's three types of offenses that can come. And again, they come because in most cases, you didn't have all the facts. You just ran out with a few facts. You ran off half cocked. The thing went off. You hurt yourself. You hurt some other people. And oftentimes, some of those hurts don't ever get settled. Some do. You can go back and apologize to people, but some um, some just say, nope, 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 it was over. I know it's over, but I don't want anything to do with you. You know, you said this, you believe this. And your first thought is, yeah, but you've done the same thing. That's not what they need to hear at that point. You just need to forgive 
You need to ask for forgiveness and go on your way. Trust God to settle it later. But there's, listen, what saves you from having to do that? Just be wise. When you hear an issue come up, be in prayer about it and don't jump quickly to a decision. There are three types of offenses found in the word of God. The first one is a direct offense. In other words, someone offends you. Something was said to you or about you. It may be true, that's called a criticism, or it may not be true, that's a lie or hearsay. You see a look, you see body language or quiet disregard, and you read into it and come to a wrong conclusion. And you say, well, I saw the look in your eye. Well, so what you saw a look in my eye? I wasn't thinking about you, I was thinking about something else. The point comes back to this. Again, a direct offense is someone offends you. Again, they say it to you or you hear about it through someone else. And the word of God teaches us again that when offenses come, oh, it's a shame to get caught up in offense. And woe to them that bring offenses or those who offenses come through. So again, someone offends you. The second type is a given offense. You criticize and offend someone else. It may be intentional, but it may be unintentional. We all say things we regret and wish we could take back. Uh, uh, don't look at me like that because I've been the same place. There's things I have said and regret. There's things I have even said from the, from the pulpit. And my wife said, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have. I know what you were thinking, but you should have bit your tongue and not said what you did. And sure enough, people got offended. People left the church. And again, thank God for those that sat there and nodded and said, Lord, forgive Pastor Bob for what he just said. So we all say things we regret and wish we could take back later on. But you know what? Some things are already out there. Once it's out there, sometimes you can bring it back by offering uh, you know, an apology and all that, and people can forgive you that. But the issue itself is still out there as people now begin to regard it and look at it in a different way because you apologize. The third one's the one I want to talk about most of all, because this is one we're talking about, borrowed offenses. You accept someone else's offense. They come to you with a story, like that woman. She told me about her husband. And so because she told me about her husband, I believed her because she attended church. My first thought was he didn't come to church. So he may be some kind of evil guy. And here she is telling me, and I believe what she had to say. But when they both came to see me and explained his side, I thought this guy isn't so bad. And again, because of that, he did come to church. And that was a wonderful thing that happened. But I'm glad I didn't just jump on her story, believe it, and then just write him off without ever talking to him. Again, it's the wisdom of a king. When he hears a matter, is to just take it and go investigate it and find out what's underneath it all. So the third one is a borrowed offense. You accept someone else's offense. You believe a person you don't know who's talking about someone, even a minister you might've known for years or a friend you've known for years. Their report is enticing to accept. In other words, this person, you don't even know them that well, but they're telling you about somebody you know well, but you listen to them and all of a sudden you begin to accept. You think, well, I thought they were my friend. I thought they'd been the ministry for you. I thought, I thought, and you didn't even go and check it out. It's one thing when a person talks to you about a total stranger. It's another thing when a person talks to you about somebody you know and you believe them over your friend. I mean, there's people in the church that left the church because they heard something from a person they didn't know about me they had known for years and they left the church. I've talked to so many of them, run into them in the mall, run into them in a store somewhere. And I'll say, you left the church. I said, well, so-and-so told me this about you. And I'll say, well, it's not true. Well, they said it was. I said, who is this person? Said, I don't know. They just told me about it. They said they heard you saying this out in the hall somewhere. I said, that's not what I said, or that's not what I meant. 
when I have a chance to explain it to them, they go, oh, and oftentimes they still don't come back. They're now feeling so bad they don't want to come back, they just simply go find some other church. That's so sad. Their report is enticing to accept over a person you've known for years or sometimes over a person you don't know at all. This is a borrowed offense. You accept their offense over someone else. And that's one of the most important times is to find out what's on the other side and tell the person you need to go and bring back to me what they have to say or bring that person to me so I can know what to say to them. Because I'm not going to believe you just because it's your side. The Bible says I should be as wise as God. God knows when to put something off to the side, but God's wisdom has told me it's the wisdom of a king to go search out a matter. I need to have both sides of this because I'm not going to make a choice right now. You can even become angry at a person you may not know at all then not get their side of the story. The fact is if you accept the anger of this person, you usually go, I don't need to go talk to that person. Yes, you do. You need to get it settled so that these two can come back together. They can get this issue right and you'll come back again to what the word of God has to say, that we should seek for unity in the body of Christ. In fact, make it one of our top priorities to walk in peace with each other. So again, you can become angry to a person you may not even know and then not even go get their side of the story. You're gonna look stupid if and when you learn the full story if you didn't go investigate it. You'll be so glad you went to investigate it. Even if you come to the same conclusion you've got now, you'll be more assured of doing what you're doing right now are gonna do because you went and investigated the other side and found out this person actually told me the truth, which it's possible that can be true. Proverbs again, chapter 18 and verse 13. We've already said it before. I'm gonna repeat it again. He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. So there are some who only live to talk about others. There are people, we call them in church. We talk about those who just their tail bearers. Their mouth just goes all the time about other people. They don't seem to have anything to say if they can't find something bad to say about somebody else. And Proverbs warns us about that person, the person who lives to only talk about others. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 19 goes on to say, he who goes about as a tail bearer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with one who flatters with his lips. There's people that will come to you and say, Pastor, I just love you. And I know you're concerned about people. Oh, be careful of that. But I know, I know, I know. I'm here to help you. Have you heard what sister so-and-so's doing? My whole thing is, listen, I'm not going to listen to what you have to say about sister so-and-so until I get them over here. Can you go bring them over here right now? No. Have you told them? that you're telling me about them. Well, no, I don't think I should have said yes. Listen, if you don't go to them and tell them, I'm gonna go tell them what you're saying and that way you'll have to get together. <gasps> don't do that, don't, because they realize something. They're just blowing it out of proportion in most cases. Now, again, I've had people come and tell me, pastor, there's this group over there that believes this and say, well, who is it? Well, you know, I, I don't wanna tell who they are. Well, you need to tell me. And when they mean a group, they mean two people. You know, and there was actually a case where a person came to me and told me there was a group of people in the church that was doing this in the church. And I said, I don't believe you. They said, oh, no, no, it's true. Absolutely true. I said, okay, I'm going to bring it up from in my sermon next week. They went, what? I said, yeah, I'm going to talk. If, if it's this big as you're talking about. And when I did the following week, I had people come to me going, we've never heard of that. Nobody's done that. This person was actually taking something small and making something big out of it. So, Again, talebearers were told not to associate with one that is a talebearer. We all know someone who tells secrets about others. He thinks he's important or she, popular by telling on other people, and this person will eventually lose their friends and eventually will lose their reputation. 
Psalm 15 and verses one through three, and we'll end on this. Who will abide in your tabernacle, Lord? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly, works righteousness, and speaks the truth from his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue or do evil to his neighbor and does not take up a reproach against a friend. Boy, does that wrap it up. God is simply saying, this is the person who's gonna abide in the presence of God. Oh, you'll still go to heaven, but down here you'll have that abiding presence, that fellowship with God, peace inside of yourself and peace with others if you'll walk in the simple truth of walking with God and not taking up reproaches against other people. What a blessing. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. Join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.